I hear Baywaters lapping with low sounds by the shore. And that can mean only one thing. Cousin Rick is calling in from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk. Good morning, Cousin Rick. And a good morning to you, R.T. All right. Well, uh, what's the weather like in Needham this morning? <laughs> it's a gray day. Uh, it's a gray day. It's uh, in the in the thirties. We still have snow on the ground, but uh, it looks nice. You know, it was a fresh snow over the weekend. It wasn't all that much. But uh, we're getting a little winter weary here. But uh, we're supposed to heat up to uh, around oh fifty or sixty later in the week. It's a very up and down uh, year as far as weather goes here. All right, and do you have a ride of the week for us? Oh, we've got the ride of the week, of course. The 2022 Toyota 4Runner 4x4 trail version, okay? And it's a gray day, and our vehicle is a color called Lunar Rock which in the old days would have been called Battleship Gray <laughs> with uh, a black interior, okay? And uh, starting with the specs on the vehicle, it comes with a 4-liter V6 that puts out 270 horsepower and 278 pound-feet of torque. Now, this is hooked up to a 5-speed automatic transmission, which... Uh, to me, these days, seems uh, five-speed seems uh, kind of archaic. That uh, most transmissions you get today, automatics, are have a higher uh, higher number of gears than that. And that combination of uh, power and transmission gives you EPA numbers of 16 miles per gallon city, 19 miles per gallon highway for combined rating of 17 miles per gallon. And I was getting, mostly on the highway, around 19 miles per gallon, which, uh, you know, it's an SUV. It seats five, so it's, uh, it is what it is. If you're looking for economy, you don't buy this kind of vehicle. And some of the, the features on this, it's got, it comes with a roof rack. It looks like a, a flat... Uh, basket, almost like where, like a dish rack that fits on top of the roof, which uh, probably cuts down the mileage also. You can remove that. So I think I, if I actually bought the car, bought the vehicle, I'd remove it because at highway speed with all those uh, bars on the rack, it, it tends to uh, warble a little, making a little uh, moaning noise, a humming sound. Okay. And uh, let's see, it's four-star safety rated, although I'll give you a caveat here. It's uh, five-star rated for side crashes, but in frontal crash, the passenger rating is only three stars, along with a rollover rating of only three stars. So that's something you might want to consider when uh, looking at this kind of vehicle. It has part-time four-wheel drive, which means it's not automatic uh, in switching from two-wheel to four-wheel drive. You have to do it uh, with a, using a control on the, on the console. Although there's a version of the forerunner where you have full-time four-wheel drive. 
which uh, would probably cost somewhat more because it's uh, it's he- geared to going off road. So it's got a skid plate, skid plates underneath. It comes with uh, a. It even, they even give you a removable cooler in the uh, cargo area. It, it's uh, there are straps to tie it down to the floor of the cargo area, and the floor on the cargo area, you pull a little lever, and the floor slides out towards the back to make it easy to load. A convenience feature there. Although the rear hatch, for uh, the size of the rear hatch, it doesn't open and close automatically. You have to haul on it manually. So that's another uh, factor to consider. Also, the the version we have has no seat heaters, which I was surprised. So I went to the Toyota website and looked to see if seat heaters were an option, and I couldn't find them as an option. It uh, it said not available, but there is some Toyota literature that says it is. So I think if you're going to buy one of these, you may want to check with your dealer if you can get uh, seat heaters, which are handy where uh, in snow country here. Some other features... On the vehicle, it, the base price is $41,150, but we have the premium audio option for about $1,600, which includes navigation and an eight-speaker system. We also have some really neat running boards, which are great uh, here in the snow because you can uh, clean your shoes on the running board before you get in the car. And like I said, it's got skid plates. It also has what they call a pro exhaust system for about 800 bucks, give you a nice uh, rumbly sound. And with the delivery, et cetera, the price of the Forerunner as we have it is $45,142. And uh, so that's the ride of the week. If you want an SUV to go off-road in style, it's the Toyota 4Runner. All right, the ride of the week. And uh, do you have uh, oh, any other automotive news today? Well, we kind of, you know, we kind of got a lot of things related here. Okay, it's just come out, the uh, sales figures, the global sales for electric vehicles is was 8.3% last year. of the vehicles sold last year were electric or plug-in. And uh, that is up over 100% more than in uh, 2020. uh, Let's see, they they sold worldwide uh, 6.75 electric vehicles last year. And uh, it's 8.3% of the market. It was uh, before, in 2020, they were 4.2% of the market. And of those electric vehicles, battery electric vehicles, which are totally electric, were 71% of those electric vehicle sales. Plug-in hybrids were 29%. So uh, EVs are coming on strong. Yeah, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, I, I, I sent the, the article to you, but uh, our, our fool of a uh, head of the post office has decided to get uh, gas-guzzling vehicles instead of electric vehicles, and apparently even an executive order can't stop him. 
you know, so, but. Uh, what are they trying to say, save money in the initial uh, cost, whereas not looking at the total overall cost? Yeah, yeah, the, the initial cost is less, you know, and, you know, and, and perhaps he has a few buddies in the. Uh, the uh, petroleum industry. <laughs> Who knows? You know. <laughs> anyway, uh, what uh, do you have? Any other uh, automotive news for us? Oh, let's see. Well, kind of. This comes from the Monash University in Australia. Okay, they've developed a lithium sulfur battery, not a lithium ion battery, which uses a lot of. Uh, minerals such as cobalt, etc., that uh, are uh, not not in short supply, but are in uh, you know limited supply, and using the lithium sulfur battery, they claim they can have two to five times the capacity of a lithium ion battery and a much longer life, and the key technology there is a membrane that they've developed between the cathode and the anode that is allowing the lithium ions to flow freely, very quickly, between the cathode and the anode in the battery so you can charge it quick and you can discharge it uh, at a fairly good rate. But the membrane stops the migration of the sulfide ions uh, between the cathode and the anode, which is leads to uh, the battery losing its efficiency in life. So we'll have to see how that uh, that works out, if it can be scaled up. And uh, you have long-life batteries with high capacity with less critical materials in them. So that's from uh, Monash University in Australia. All right, that sounds good. And, uh, well, do you have a Musk Minute for us by any chance? Oh, yeah, I've got a Musk Minute. Elon says that, uh, this is rather topical, that Starlink Internet, satellite-based Internet service is available now in the Ukraine, and they're also uh, looking to ship many terminals to get them into the Ukraine for communication purposes that... uh, may not be, uh, hopefully not hindered by uh, any uh, Russian interference. So that, that's the Musk Minute for, the, for this week. Also, in, in a similar uh, vein, the European Union says that it's going to supply fighter jets to Ukraine for their air force to use um, some of the old Eastern European Countries that used to be satellites of the Soviet Union are still using Russian aircraft like MiG-29s, that, uh, such as Poland and uh, Romania and Bulgaria. And the, the Ukraine Air Force is using those as well. So if they can get those airplanes into the Ukraine, the, uh, the Ukraine Air Force should be able to use them fairly quickly. Right. Every every bit helps. Uh, you know, it's going to take a worldwide effort to uh, to save Ukraine. So, uh, you know, right. any any part, I mean, that, that governments and individuals, you know, protests or sending money for uh, relief, you know, to help refugees, you know, every bit helps. So, uh, you know, long live Ukraine. Um, 
Let's see, Dow, do you have anything else for us today? Yeah, we got a couple of things here. And uh, one is from the University of Austin, Texas. Okay. And they're in a, uh, a group that is looking into using underwater cables uh, that crisscross the earth. There's so many millions of miles of these that they're looking to develop what they call smart cable technology, these fiber optic cables, and using the data from the cables to determine uh, characteristics of the ocean, such as temperatures and pressures, as well as uh, you can uh, use these also to detect seismic events. So they're going to come up with a test program to uh, simulate what can be done in using the cables basically as a giant sensor network under the ocean and maybe give uh, a little uh, clearer look at uh, predicting tsunamis and uh, effects of earthquake and, the, and the just monitoring the oceans as well for the, uh, the physics of the oceans. So that's from the University of Austin. All right. And uh, what else do you have for us today? Okay, uh, from the University of California at Riverside, they are looking into, I don't know if you remember way back when, the, uh, oh, maybe back in the 60s, there was, was talk of developing, instead of hydrocarbon-based fuel, boron-based fuels, which would have a lot of energy, and... Uh, but it turned out that these fuels, uh, the borate fuel, the boron fuels, would would have a lot of energy, but they would tend to gum up the engines. And now the uh, University of California at Riverside is looking into maybe taking borates and putting those into nanoparticles, very small particles, and using those for fuels as uh, specifically starting out for rocket launches that would have less uh, carbon, uh, carbon-based pollution and also be more, uh, more powerful. And so we'll, uh, we'll have to see how far that gets. All right. Very good. And uh, do you have anything else for us? One more. All right. Okay. This, this, this kind of is automotive-related. Okay. It's uh, from Rice University in Houston, Texas. Uh, they've come up with a way to turn tires into a form of graphene that can be mixed to make stronger concrete. And so it's another way to use uh, tires that would be less polluting. The, uh, oh, their, their press release says 800 million tires are discarded annually. They're either burned for fuel or used in other applications, but a good percentage of those, like 16%, end up in landfills. But by a process they call flashing, they would uh, take the the tires or the cut-up material from the tires and jolt them with electric pulses from uh, a couple hundred milliseconds to a second and that would convert the carbon in there to graphene in a form that's soluble. In other words, you could add it, it's soluble in water. So you could add this to concrete and make concrete stronger and use, make 
use less concrete, but reinforce it with the with the graphene. And concrete making is uh, also one of the sources of uh, carbon dioxide emissions. So if you can make less concrete, you can cut emissions, but this would be just as strong. Or you can have the same amount of concrete and make it even stronger. All right, that sounds good. Anything that uh, can be done to uh, reuse old tires is a, is a real plus. So, uh, Okay, so that's a wrap for today. That's a wrap for today. That was uh, good timing there. Oh, how's that? Well, you knew it was the last thing I had. <laughs> I, I thought you told me. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I did. Well, you can, you can tell us this show is unrehearsed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, it would really be boring. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you know, glad we could get together, right? <laughs> glad we could get together. You're stealing my line. I know, I know. Which I stole. Okay. <laughs> well, very good then. Okay, so that was Cousin Rick calling in from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk, a regular feature of the Utopian Dream.